Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey guys, it's Blood Harris here with another Panther Rants podcast. It's uh, Thursday, almost to the weekend. So, for me, uh, you know, I'm covering the medical center on call till Tuesday. And, uh, you know, so far it's, you know, it's had its moments, but. A lot of them are during the day, and I'd rather have those moments during the day when I'm at work at my desk than, than at home. Or if it's early in the morning training my kids ready to school. So I'd rather have them during work so they're out of the way and they're done with. Uh, some other crazy things happen. Well, for one thing, my deep freezer went, and uh, all the meat went with it, and it was, you know, you know my deep freezer is on the garage, and, well, there was an aroma in the garage, and we thought maybe it was, you know, a dirty diaper, because, you know, I have a, you know, a two and a half year old who, uh, you know, he's not totally done potty, potty training yet, he gets a poopy diaper once in a while, you know, he's at that stage where he'll, uh, he won't, he won't hesitate to, uh, to uh, pee in the toilet, you know, he'll pull his uh, diaper or his, uh, you know, his pants down, underwear, and he's not afraid to do that, it's just, he's sitting down, obviously, I guess worrying about being sucked in by the toilet monster, I guess, is his issue, but, but, anyway, we thought it was his diaper, so when I came in from, you know, from work, you know, the other, the other night, the aroma was there, but it was, it smelled like, you know, a bunch of dead bodies, and Lord, if you know it, I opened up the, uh, the, um, freezer, and this aroma just shot my nose, and it's an aroma that will never, well, for a lot of people tell me is, it will never leave you for the rest of your life, no matter how, no matter where you live, no matter where you go, it follows you, and they're right. I was nauseated for about a good day and a half. It sucked. To say the least. But, it's cleaned out. It's all set to go. And I'm here and... We got some Pitt football to talk about. Pitt's got Syracuse this week and... You know, this game used to be Pennsylvania's the... You know, obviously W for Pitt all the time, but... Last year, Pitt dropped the game against them when they should have won it, and obviously at the time, Pitt had a quarterback issue because, you know, Max Brown, you know, we put our eggs in one basket with him, he sucked, no offense to, no offense to him, although Syracuse, he didn't look too bad, it seemed like maybe he was starting to look like a serviceable QB, but... He got hurt. 
middle of the game, and then we had a, we were, we're stuck with Ben DiNucci, who obviously wasn't a fit for Sean Watson's offense, and I'm not sure if any quarterback really is. Maybe a maybe a Pop Warner, you know, Pop Warner type quarterback, you know, maybe a kid who's like 12 years old is suited for his offense. I have no idea. I mean, we I used to think Matt Cav, we used to think Matt Cavill's offenses were bad. Then this guy shows up. And on top of that, Kenny Pickett's having a hard time making his reads, and then, well, it's a recipe for disaster. And the offensive line, obviously, is, you know, has been great. It's been mediocre, and a mediocre line can only block for so long, and you have to get the ball out quicker. So, obviously, we're dealing with a real, maybe like, don't know, two, maybe three-headed, four-headed monster here. And it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, Pitt, you know, Pitt lost that game last year, and Syracuse obviously is four and one. They're coming in this game, and they're they're coming off a heartbreak against Clemson. I say that because, well, Clemson struggled for most of the game, and or starting quarterback gets hurt, and Syracuse had a ten point lead late in the game, and Clemson made its comeback, and that was that. Eventually they got they eventually they realized that the pressure uh, Eric you know they had to pressure Dungey and eventually things worked out for them. Pitt will always have to Pitt will obviously have to do the same, get pressure on them, and uh, hopefully that this uh, you know because you know this is one of those spread type offenses. These offenses that are designed to you know to beat Pitt because you know. Pitt went up to Central Florida and, you know, got their asses kicked. Or, no, I'm sorry, down to Central Florida because they're going down south. Um, but uh, some side stories to that. Obviously, um, people asked about, you know, guys taking falls or dives and fake injuries. And Narduzzi obviously, you know, denied that, as any coach would, because that's just how that is. Although the tape tells us something different. You know, it's, um, I understand some Florida, it's hot. But guess what? Central Florida has to play their, has to play their, a lot more than we do. And it, it you know, and it, and it gets hot and humid in P- Pittsburgh as well. Even in, even in September. Sometimes October too. Maybe it's hotter in Florida. The thing is, in Central Florida, they got, they got playing this shit all the time. They're not playing no dome, and that's the thing. You know, we sit there, we, we, we sit there, we bitch and moan about how, you know, the Southern team's got to be, got to play man, real man's football, and they got to play in the snow, and they got to play in cold weather. Well, guess what? We got to go down there, and we got to fucking play there, too. It's a call of the both. Unless you're in the, unless it's in the NFL, of course, where a lot of the, a lot of the teams in the South playing domes. Jacksonville doesn't, obviously. Um, Texans do. Cowboys do. And if, in fact, the Astros play their baseball in a dome. I mean, they can open it. I mean, I've been in Minute Maid once, and it was because I got free tickets. It, you know, club box seats. Minute Maid's actually a really nice ballpark. It's really nice. 
But for me, watching that game, it was weird watching it because, for one thing, Centerfield had that, up until last year, had that big-ass hill in the middle of it for whatever reason. I mean, I don't know why they, they did that. Maybe for some obstacle course or some crap like that, but, you know, they liked it. But for me, it just felt weird watching baseball indoors. I mean, it didn't hit me till later in that game. You know, later in the game, while I was watching, I was like, "Shoot, we're indoors, watching a baseball game." Whereas, you know, I've always been used to watching a baseball game outside, like in Three Rivers or PNC Park. You know, those are really the two big ballparks I've been to. And plus, there was Municipal Stadium in Cleveland I went to, and that stadium. I mean. Uh, the manager of the Indians in the mid '90s said he had to take a shower after walking around in that stadium, and I—I I mean, I don't blame him. I was in there. I was there once. It was—it uh, was nasty. And not to mention, you had—I uh, think where, where we sat, shoot, a bunch of guys spitting uh, skull on the ground. So you really can't say anything on the ground because uh, you get freaking tobacco juice all over your shit. But anyways, back to my original point. I mean, if we, if we got to play on, they, they have to play up here. We got to play on there. That's, that's, I mean, that's just, that's, that, that's just the reality of it. So I don't know. All I, all I can say is do better. Figure it out. Because because they can figure it out down there. Obviously, you guys can. And then um, Pitt lost a um. A commitment, uh, Travis Kuntz, uh, the tight end, a position we really, really, really need depth and talent at, and he was one of the top JUCO players, and one of the big tight end gets, he decommits the pit, and I guess the tone, I mean, I, I read his tweet, and I wished him well, but the tone of his, um, what's it called? Tweet. I don't know. It just seemed like he was disappointed. Like, oh, nice guys, or you know, they're nice stuff, but I need to move on. And I get it. I'm sure he got frustrated. He's been, he's been frustrated watching Pitt because, you know, in that article when they were asking the commitments about Pitt's slow start, he was concerned about the use of the tight ends, and and at the end of the day, he. You know, decide to make a change, and you know, I, I have no issues with that. I mean, it's not like the bigger schools are are, are knocking on his door right now. To, you know, it's I mean, it's not a case where he got excited and committed the pin, and of course, the big schools started to come by, and then oh, you know what, the big schools want want me now. Yeah, I don't want you guys no more. Forget you. Or you know, maybe it could be. Who knows? Maybe 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 you know, some people have seen what's happened with Pitt, and they'd say, hey. They suck right now. Why don't you just come play for us? We're a bigger school, and we'll give you, uh, you know, some money and some free shoes and cars and whatever else you want. And, you know, you know, people. You know, one person mentioned that you know Pitt didn't pay enough for Miles Sanders because supposedly after the whole Penn State commitment, they, he was driving around a BMW. Is is the rumor? I, you know, is the rumor I'm hearing, or, or at least I read in a tweet. And you know, personally, I got no issues with it. I mean. If they're going to give these kids money and cars, whatever, fine. I mean, they gave Miles Sanders transportation pretty much. I mean, it's like they gave him drugs and hookers or alcohol. 
they gave my car to drive around in. So, hey, you know, if they want to do it, do it. You know, for me, you know, my opinion is it's the booster's money. If they want to spend it like that on recruits, then go spend it. Because obviously, not much is going to come of it. You know, you may get on probation, miss like a bowl game or two, but that's really about it. As far as the kids' reputation is concerned, that's, you know, that's probably the only issue with that. And I, you know, and I can see that's, you know, one one thing is the morality part of this is, you know, you, you worry about ruining the kid's reputation because they'll follow him that he took, you know, he accepted money in cars. And, well, you know, sometimes these kids, when they get, you know, stuff flashed in front of them, that's what happens. They get enamored with it and they said, hey, yeah, I'll take the perks, shoot. Me personally, I just I would just want food. I mean, I can care less about the electronics or anything else. I just rather eat. But uh, you know, no, but no, you know, I was gonna mention some of the drugs and hookers, but no, nah, you know, I don't need no drugs and definitely no hookers either. I mean, you're you're a football player. I mean, of course. You're, you're one of the more popular guys on campus. I'm sure finding a date won't be a problem. But going back to Travis, I have no issues with him decommitting. He was upfront about it, and you know he has to, he's a JUCO. He's got to find a school that's gonna you know whatever decision he makes it has to count because he's gonna finish his career there. But personally, if I'm a tight end, I'm going to Wisconsin or whoever else. And I'm surprised that he hasn't inquired about Wisconsin because Wisconsin would love him. Paul Chris loves tight ends. I mean, he would, I mean, they would do bubble screens to him, all kind of crap. So, you know, a person with tight end, I'm probably looking at Wisconsin, you know, or, or Iowa. Iowa loves, you know, you want to go to those, t- those two types of schools because they love that shit. But anyway, as far as Pitt goes, Against Syracuse this week, I don't know what the hell they got to do. Well, for one thing, Syracuse obviously coming off a letdown, and Pitt obviously is you know had a hard had a hard time playing in the you know the heat. So now that now we're back up in the Northeast, they should have a hard time uh, playing Syracuse. Obviously, Pitt usually plays them close. They're going to have to get pressure on Dungy. Syracuse really hasn't pl- play beat anybody, guys. They beef. I mean, their their signature wins for a state, and they suck. I mean, they had Sanford. I think uh, one of the Michigan Central, Western, whoever, and they, of course they had UConn. That's. I mean, those are their wins, pretty much. Our wins are um, Georgia Tech and Albany, <laughs> and of course we had a close game with North Carolina. So. Personally, I think Pitt's. I think Pitt's gonna win this week. They're gonna pull this one off. They always. They always play Syracuse close, win or lose. But if Syracuse comes in, knocks and knocks us out early, then yeah, we should probably be really, really concerned then. Because if Syracuse is kicking your ass, then there's other issues. But Pitt's obviously is falling in love with with a nickel defense now. 
you know, we're, I guess we're, I guess you know, we're, we're in the we're in the you know middle of modernizing everything. So I guess you know we're gonna we're gonna play nickel this week on defense. I'm sure on offense we'll do something differently. Obviously, we can't use tight ends. Maybe we'll go to a you know a spread a spread HD offense like Penn State. You know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll add a whole bunch more wrinkles in. You know, hey, you know, just do uh, just do upgrades in the middle 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 of the season, and then you can then you know if some things happen, you can tell your AD, hey, we did all this stuff middle of the season. Sure, it was a thing, but hey, things will be better next year. Anyways, I'll stop bitching about this, but yeah, I like Pitt by at least two a touchdown or three points because I think it'll be a close game and I think they'll pull it out. They got to it. I mean, this game's a must-win because after after what happened last week, and that was that was that was a major embarrassment and gut check for them. They gotta do something here. Anyways, guys, the rest of the slate for this for t- for this week, Saturday at least, we obviously have the Red River Shootout between uh, Texas and Oklahoma. Um, Texas jumps in the top twenty-five ranked. They're not really that good, as people are, com- are claiming to be. They beat TCU, and TCU made a lot of bad mistakes in that game. And uh, they just beat Kansas State, and Kansas State obviously is a shell of its former self. So I really don't see them. Uh, I don't see them getting so lucky against Oklahoma this time. Oklahoma's got to really beat themselves to, lo- to lose this game. So I like um, I like Oklahoma in this one. West Virginia should have no problem disposing of Kansas. I mean, Kansas is playing a lot better, but they, they, they're still Kansas. Uh, Northwestern Michigan State, you know, Northwestern obviously took Michigan to the helm, and Northwestern usually gives these teams fits. So, but I think the state will pull that one off. Um, LSU and Florida, huge game here. Uh, LSU obviously in the top 10, Florida in the top 25. Part of me likes Florida in this game because LSU really hasn't been tested majorly. I mean, they had the uh, big win against Auburn, but I think um, this will be a tougher game for them, I think. And I don't know, part of me, I do like Florida. Florida State Miami, the big game, big ACC matchup, big rivalry. It's a garbage one at that. Uh, for Willie Taggart, this is obviously a must-win game, although he won last week against a bad Louisville team. But he's going to have to do something here. One thing he can't do is get he was get uh, destroyed by Miami. So he's going to have to you know, it's going to be winner, winner else. So he's uh, yeah, it's not looking good for him right now. Although he did beat a bad Louisville team, the save you know save some face. I mean, I mean you know FSU could piece some wins there for a bowl season, but uh, obviously his you know, his coaching is in question, and you know a lot of times you gotta be a really good. I mean, for, for some coaches, they're very hands on. 
some they just got to be good CEOs and learn to delegate. And I think in this case, that's what's going to happen here. But uh, other than that, there's um, as far as the rest of the slate goes, there's not much to you know, not much to uh, get into. There's Nebraska, Wisconsin, which you know would have been a really good matchup a long time ago. You know when when Nebraska was still somewhat relevant in college football. Even like maybe like during the blow, bo, 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 I almost called him blow, uh, the Bo Pelini era. Maybe then this would have been exciting. Even during the, when Frank Solich was there in Osborne. I mean, this would have been an awesome match between these two guys. But now, Nebraska's horrible. Wisconsin's good, but Nebraska sucks. And then, of course, to close out the night, we got Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. And I was surprised by Notre Dame. Uh, I didn't think they would uh, cream uh, Stanford. But at the same time, Stanford had to go all the way up to Oregon. And, you know, they got taken to the limit. They got pushed to the limit. So... To come from that game, then go the next with the South Bend. I mean, the play next week against Notre Dame probably was hard for them. And they got this game here against uh, Notre Dame. Now has this game against Virginia Tech, and Tech obviously had that loss to Old Dominion. People are, are still talking. I'm still going to talk about. I like Notre Dame in this one. I mean, all comes down to matchups, but I think Brian Kelly is going to. Brian Kelly is going to figure, is going to dissect the hell out of Bud Foster's defense because that's what guys like Brian Kelly do. But anyways, let's go around the ACC because that's where you, you know where we play. Rest of the games Friday with Georgia Tech and Louisville. I think, I think Georgia Tech wins this one against the three and three. Uh, Louisville just isn't good. They were, uh, you know, with Lamar, even with Lamar Jackson, they were mediocre. So I think they win that. I think they win that one. Boston College, NC State. This is a nice game because you know BCS four wins and NC State's off to a really good start. This will be a tough one. This game's NC State, and I, I like NC State to uh, continue on with what they're doing. And I think they're pretty much going to be the legit. Uh, you know, it used to be the uh, Atlantic was just Clemson, everybody else. Now we're seeing some teams rise up and rise up on the on you know on this side of the spectrum and the coastal obviously is just a big brawl where it's a bunch of mediocre teams beating the hell out of each other for, to see who can lose who's gonna lose to Clemson in the uh, championship game. Clemson, speaking of them, they got Wake Forest this week and Wake obviously uh, fired a defensive coordinator. Uh, they played Rice last week and beat the crap out of Rice, but that's Rice. Rice is horrible. I look for Clemson recovering, you know, from the the near loss, and they win again. But uh, yeah, they're not guys. That's um, as far as the um, rest of it goes. I didn't see Penn State in this thing, so obviously they have a bye week. So I'm sure uh, James is probably yelling at some people or yelling at some fans. But uh, as far as the rest of the thing goes. Levy and Bell's come back for the Steelers, and well, he's come back for his bye week, and he had you know the thing is is well you know being in Houston last year, Dwayne Brown was out for most of the season. He came back for week eight. He came back around this actually he came back around Halloween. I remember that's where you know I believe it was the week before Halloween he came back. I remember correctly, it was week eight. 
he had to come back by a certain week because obviously, you know, that's just how it was. That's how, you know, the, the CBA is. And that's why Le'Veon Bell's come back. He's not come back because he wants to play. It's because he has to come back. And I'm sure I'm not sure what he what he'll do. But you know, at the end of the day, this whole Le'Veon Bell thing, this whole thing with Earl Thomas, it's all a bunch of mil- it's you know it's players versus the you know it's the players versus the uh, league, and it's basically it's basically millionaires versus millionaires, and you know. And the people that are outraged over this whole, you know, NFL, you know, NFL crap about the players, a lot of them don't buy NFL tickets anyway, and they probably never will, because here's the thing: when these guys' salaries get bumped up to hell and high water, it's the it's the it's the fans who suffer because they're the ones that they're going to have to pay boatloads of money for these tickets because they keep going up. So, I'm not going to spend, you know, people get mad about Love Love Bell, and I understand he's got to do what he has to do, but, you know, so does does the uh, franchise itself. If there's no, if the market just isn't there for you, they're not going to give you the money for it. That's just, that's just, you know, that's how it goes. I mean, mean, the the issue with Dwayne Brown last year was the fact that he signed a five-year deal and he was in year two of it, and he was trying to get more money out of it after his second year. And the Cowboys said no. Not Cowboys. Te- Texans said no. You're not doing it. You just signed a deal. Why the hell are you doing? Why how you holding on again? Sometimes franchises got to put their foot down. Otherwise, if I'm a player, negotiate your contracts differently. Well, for one thing, what you want to do if you want to fix this whole thing is tell the Players Association to get balls and fight with the league. Get more guaranteed money for you guys. That's what you want to do. And that's, you know, and until that happens, I mean, this should be more of the same. I mean, but here's the thing. If you're going to negotiate a contract with anything, you got to do it by year by year basis. Some one-year deals. That's what is the, probably the best thing for you. And then, if, then I'm sure the guaranteed money will accrue more because you know, I mean, I, you know, some places I worked where I dealt with uh, with vendors, we always did we always do our contracts year by year basis because sometimes during a contract they'll try to change things. So you negotiate year by year, and if you get and if you get a better rate year by year, you do it. I mean, that's the thing with you know if you have cable or you know cell phone, bill, forget it. But cable, for instance, you know call it, you know a lot of times I call every so few months to see if I can get you know some some dollars knocked off my thing. You know, but anyways, guys, that's just that and. I know people are freaking out now because, you know, Steers had one bad outing and, oh, Connor's not good enough and da, da, da. And, I mean, obviously he's a backup. I mean, the guy, the guy, the guy had barely any snaps last year. So how the hell is he, so how the hell is he going to be, is he going to be Superman? I mean, his stats were good up until, um, you know, this past game or they, you know, they just sucked against Baltimore. It wasn't just him. The whole team sucked. 
But even Joe Flacco said it was the easiest defense Steelers he's ever had to play against. So, you know, there you have it. But as far as the team goes, I mean, as far as pit guys go, I see Tyler Boyd is... Tyler Boyd has more receptions in, you know, in this three games than he, has, than he had all last year. And he was bearing a depth trial last year, and, you know, he kind of hit a crossroads after the season where, you know, he can go this way or he can go that way, where th- that way is pretty much playing in the arena league or whatever because... It wasn't. It was looking bleak for him at that point, and now you know he's really turned it up a notch, and he's put up some big numbers. So, I'm happy for him. I'm happy. You know, I I, I figured he eventually would be un, unemployed, but he's proved me wrong, and I can own that one. But anyways, guys, we're about hitting thirty minutes here. I got not much. I got really whole, not much else to talk about. Enjoy the game, hell of a pit. Let's try to get a victory.